The Burroughs of Berea is a conversational podcast. We study the Bible and we talk about it. Not all of us are of the same faith, and one of us doesn't actually have a faith. And that's wonderful. We all love one another, and we're going to continue to talk about these things. The things we believe in and the things we believe about what we read in the Bible. Not all of these are necessarily true. Some of it is opinion and speculation. Thank you for listening and speculating with us. There you go. That was good. Yes. (laughs) You are listening to the Burroughs of Berea. You are listening to Dr. Sam Frost Fridays. All right. Well, welcome back to the Burroughs of Berea. I am Rick Welch, and to my left is Big Daddy Carter. Oh, yeah. (laughs) Oh, sultry. (laughs) Behind the glass is Rocket Man, Andy Bishop. To my right, Sarita the Edge, Edgerton. Hey, y'all. Yeah, so guys, we are back in the studio with Dr. Ooh. Sam Frost. Thank you for being here, Dr. Frost. It's getting Thank cold, you for yeah. having me. Absolutely. And uh, we don't have Cherry. I, I, I hadn't mentioned this. I don't know why. No. We don't have Cherry. We don't have Ralph. We don't have Billy. Um, this is like just, a skeleton crew. Yeah, we don't have Tiziana. And so it's uh, it's just us in the studio today. And uh, this is going to last, um, I don't know. We're going to record all day, so there's going to be several episodes to go here. And so... You know, in the first, it was a testimony, and then the last one, we all we talked about infinity versus eternal versus everlasting versus all of that. Interesting of, technical discussion. The beauty sure. of it is, is that we've actually solved the problem of infinity now. Oh, we're so along good along with solving, racism. I know, and all of the other problems of the yeah, world. We've we pretty solved. much solved them all. It's so that's funny, good. and yet people don't institute our. Uh, <laughs> Yeah. And things just continue on as they are, as if we didn't solve all of these great problems. Right, It's right. amazing how Giraffe Studios makes all that happen It for does, it right does. here really, in yeah. beautiful Hendersonville, North Carolina. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Big Daddy Carter. The only reason I call him Big Daddy is because T.Z. Honest said, yeah. said, what do you want me to call me, Daddy? What do you want me to call you, Daddy? Do I have to call him daddy? You do, Big Daddy Carter. Man. It's yeah. a rule, I'm sorry. I it's don't call him that. Well, if you ever liked rap or if you ever liked music, Big Daddy Kane, yeah. you know, Big Daddy Carter. There's a lot of daddies in rap. Yeah. And then what was that? Right. Who, who wrote the album, The Carter? What was it? The Carter. What was it? Who did, it was a, a, are you talking about that Drake album? Is that Drake? Uh, wasn't it something, it was the, Carter? the Carter? Was that? That wasn't There's Kanye, was it? There's a group called... In, Christian Big group? Daddy Weave. Yes, Big Daddy yeah, Weave. Big Daddy Weave was the Christian group. Yes. yes. There was something about the Carter, some album about the Carter. Who was that? Jimmy the Carter. June, Car- <laughs> June Carter Cash? No. Do you guys know what I'm talking about? Lil Wayne. Lil Wayne. Well, I didn't know that, which is a thing I should sort That's of so know. surprising because it's Wayne. You, yeah. And Wayne is like, a lot of people think he's- What was it like, called? What was the name of the album? The Carter. The Carter, yeah. Yeah. So there you go. So- all right, let's get, let's jump back There's into this. There's a lot of bigs and lils in rap. <laughs> yeah, yes. There is. Yeah. You don't ever hear a lot like, of lils and There's bigs. no mediums. We need something needs to yeah. come up and like medium I, Rick. <laughs> just like yeah, I think, I think we just Wayne, medium Wayne. That's the perfect just medium name. Wayne. <laughs> medium Wayne. <laughs> medium Half, Rick. I haven't been Rick. in a medium since I was twelve. <laughs> <laughs> a sh medium. <laughs> anyway, so Doctor Frost, let's start off this. This episode, <laughs> what are you thinking? Uh, the, M- I, the medium thing, <laughs> med. I mean, you could come up with all kinds of stuff. That's the right. Punchline. Med. Medium. <laughs> so, from your personal view, from what you've studied in the scriptures, okay, 
um, despite any eschatological view or whatever. What is your understanding of what the future holds after the resurrection? Oh, there. Uh, well, Randy Alcorn has a great book called Heaven. Um, there's several other ones, but that one's a that one's a big one that footnotes all the other ones. So Randy Alcorn's work is is good. So uh, it'll be this creation without corruption, without sin, without death, temptation, without any of those kinds of things. It'll be with animals and trees and creation and all the rest of it. It will just be glorious, absolutely glorious. So we can describe it in what limited means that we can describe these kinds of things um, without ex fully exhausting it. I don't know because I haven't experienced but I know creation, and I know that earth was made for man and not man for earth. So there was a reason why God made creation and then made man and put man on it. And we're so, as I'm seeing there with cats and all the animals, that are, we're so in tune. We, want, we love creation. We love animals. We love trees. We love flat. We love nature. We love creeks. We love streams. We love, it, we're, it's, it's in us. It's wired in us. And so that has to be a part of consummation. We're, we're made of the dust of the, of the dirt. And we like dirt. We love dirt. We like soil. Um, so there, and Jesus incarnated uh, dirt. He became dirt for us. So it has to be in the consummation of the story. Just to, now the Gnostics did not believe that. They separated off substance from matter, or, or matter and substance off from that which is spiritual. They made a radical divide between the two so that the two never collide. The furthest form he had of that is doceticism, where Jesus only appeared to be flesh, but he wasn't. They couldn't envision that Jesus was actually take on something so corrupt as materiality. But we as Christians affirm materiality, creation. This is this is creation, and in incarnation, Jesus affirmed that God affirmed that too. He became flesh. He be, he became material and tangible. So. That's an affirmation to us that I'm not done with creation. I'm not finished with you yet. Um, this is not going to be forever. This will come to consummation, and this will come to end. So, And in that, we take hope because it alleviates our— it, it, if we see Jesus and him raised from the dead, a human being, and he's been exalted, and now body and soul is in heaven, that gives us— and alleviates that, oh, that's the crime and the sin and the misery that we see is not the last word. This will be alleviated. So that gives us hope and inspires us to work towards alleviating these things, so orphanages and hospitals. And so because we know the destiny of the future is a complete alleviation, mm -hmm. a, total, a total alleviation. So Christian social activity is rooted towards its hope of that which is destined, which is complete alleviation. If that's if that's the case, then my motivation is what alleviation can I bring to you and you and you and you now, right now? I love that what you said. So that's they're connect. It's, it's a connect. It's a it's just. Connected. I like what you said, sort of in our break in our break time, and people weren't privy to it, but you were, you were talking about the local church and and wishing that churches concentrated more on their local communities yeah. 
because there is such a mission field, especially in Ooh, the sure. America of today, um, a mission field within our own communities. Um, I like that you said that, and and that's sort of what I focus on. I mean, I, as I a teacher, go, you're a teacher. Well, I'm a homeschool teacher, so I have well, <laughs> teachers are teachers. But I have, um, I could go to the state house, and I could go to the 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 federal buildings in Washington and and speak on pro life issues. But my heart is at the local pregnancy center. Yeah, exactly. You know, yeah. weekly going in there and talking to women who are in the, the impossible situation I found myself in. And and so, you know, it's funny when I started looking into to, to preterism and, and I, I kept hearing, why are you rearranging deck chairs on, a, on the Titanic? I kept hearing that, though I had never heard that in a church like I, I, and I know that right. was it John MacArthur somebody said I'm not sure which past, which major pastor said that uh, was it who was it that said that that says it said MacArthur it could have said something probably along those lines he's but I, every church that I've ever and I only became a Christian at 25 so that's I've been about half my half my life now um, but I've never heard that and and my local church is feeding the community. Every church yeah. I've ever been a part of was outreach in the local community, helping out at food banks, you know, uh, uh, foster care. Yep. Lot, our yep. church is really into having foster care and and supporting ministries that support local foster families. And so, I just had never heard that. Um, so. I like that you said that, and uh, our listeners wouldn't have been privy to that particular conversation. Yeah. And being a part of the church, you, the Bible's pretty clear. You cannot forsake being part of the church, even if you don't necessarily believe everything that comes out of the pastor's mouth. If you are yeah. a believer, you're supposed to gather with other believers in whatever church, I yeah. guess, that looks like. It doesn't have to have the same structure yeah, as First Baptist Atlanta just, or yeah. First Presbyterian of Hendersonville. But you must meet with fellow believers, uh, you know, and, and serve the community. I think that's and then so that's something you said. So I was kind of giving you yeah. a little time to the the whole. Um, so let, let's talk about that world for just a moment. The new heaven and new earth. Okay, so there is this time in the future where there will be the animals and the trees and the creation and all of the things that God made. Good things. Yes. Um, will the animals be procreating? I was saying, that, I don't I don't. how did God make the moon? I, I don't know. I no, can't no, no, I'm just him. asking him based on know. creation. So when he first made the animals, he said, go be fruitful yeah. and multiply. Which is, it's interesting because people, you know, why didn't he begin with just Jesus? Why wouldn't he make Jesus as Adam in the first and begin? Well, Jesus, there's no, how do you procreate after your perfection? Perfection doesn't need procreation. So imperfection, however, does. Replication. Yeah, understood. I'm just, uh, this is a philosophical so when you're question. In perfection, I'm not going to hold you need, to any kind of yeah. theological thing. I would this say, no, there would not be any procreation. So the animals any. that he chooses to be there will be the animals that we see and know, and that's just what it'll be. What and it'll that be. will also be the same for every human that he's right. elected. No more death, no there more will be no more. No need for it. It will only be what it is. Right. And that will last eternally. And eternally. That is the definition that we talked about in the second episode yeah. was that 
a quality of uh it is his it is in his infinite wisdom or his eternal wisdom and all of these things will will consist and maintain in this creation that he has made according to his timing which is forever and that's and that's or the fathers referred to it as the you know an eternal beautitude the mm-hmm. state of beautitude mm-hmm. we're not dominated by a time so we're so dominate we're so limited go back to the philosophy of uh, ludwig Vick, um um leibniz our knowledge is so um we're so limited in our knowledge and we're so bound and slave we're slave to time we're slave to age we're slave to culture where you're born you know you didn't choose any of these things mm-hmm. You know, it it is what it is. You, you know, these things are thrown at you, so and you have to adjust to them and make sense of them. Mm-hmm. So none of those types of restrictions, and you know, will exist. Mm-hmm. So we're free. You know, how big is the cosmos or cosmoi? We can make it plural. You know, we haven't even tapped as the web. Um, James T. Webb Telescope. As that's showing, we've not even dented. I mean, how far does this go? How how much is out there? Well, that's ours to explore, to know. Mm -hmm. Who has known what God has for those who love him and stay faithful to him? So our knowledge now, if we try to picture that in terms of our framework now, it's, you know, you're not even denting. And what that does to me is, it, it's interesting because every every view has this. Every religion, every uh, ancient times, East uh, Eurasian, it doesn't matter where you go. They all have this idea of a teleology. Even Karl Marx has a utopian. I, it, we all we all want a better place to live in, equal justice for all, uh, equity for everyone. We everyone. Ha- where does this come? Why? Animal lions don't walk around worrying about equity for the bears. Mm-hmm. They just don't. It's not. They just are concerned of their pride, and so that's would it. Would say that we're different you know? than animals. Yeah, maybe we aren't. You know, maybe we're just be thinking. Now we you're are. talking Andy's language. Yeah, maybe we're not. <laughs> there was an excellent. Well, I still book. think we're smarter. Yeah, excellent. Maybe not uh, better. Some. Yeah, we're not smarter than all of them. What animals? Yeah, just smarter. By but the way, they have higher acuity in terms of like nose or ear hearing or Rick. What did the one whale say to the other whale? Well, how are we doing today? <laughs> he asked me that question and I went, <laughs> I that was that sounds, like, that sounds like chewy. They're incredibly smart, they're incredibly <laughs> smart. We're talking about animals, but <laughs> so. And we like animals. And, and uh, so, granted, yeah, I think that that's true about every religion and every every. Where does it come from? And Ecclesiastes, uh, uh, Ecclesiastes says this in chapter three: eternity is in the heart of man, and he wishes, but it's beyond his finding out. For mm-hmm. God is from beginning for, to end. Right. It's it's in us. It's image of God in us. And so to say that again, getting back to it, that that this has no consummation to it is just a big letdown. It's like a. Stephen King novel in the last chapters ripped out of it. Oh my like, god! Oh, so much truth in that sentence. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> oh, I thought you went down. with the last chapters oh, in yeah. because that's how I feel Stephen about King, Stephen King. Oh. Yeah, his writing now is a letdown. His his uh, earlier stuff was amazing. Writer, 
never knows, never quite knows how to end a book. Right. <laughs> or a sentence, run on sentence for days. Oh, you're talking to the wrong person. The grammarian in me, I was like, ugh. Well, I he mean. He has long sentences. I will say that One his paragraph. novellas. One sentence. His novellas are incredible, like Rita Hayworth and Shawshank Redemption. That was a great novella. The Body, that was a great, those were good. But anyway. So with this in mind, with what you're saying, now let's bring it back into the theological world versus philosophical world, okay? I mean, I know that— The two go hand in hand. They do, but well, when we were talking about, like, procreation was something that was in the initial order of God with creation, and yeah, I don't read in the Bible where he says that that is a temporary thing. I see that as being his initial creation, which was good. Right. And then when he finished and Well, Jesus the, says in the resurrection, there shall be neither male nor female nor giving a marriage. Or, so he puts an end. It, that's a clear a Yeah, clear for human beings yeah. in regard to that. I, I'm talking about the animals. I'm talking yeah. about the, the procreation of animals. There's There may not be. I don't know. Right, which you would think either A, he's created a new heaven and new earth that's so big that can go on perpetually with multiplication and no death, or it has to end. They, they, have, they have to stop. Procreating at some level. I would level. think they'd have to stop. Or the animals. The inference. Or the anim- the death of an animal isn't the same as the death of a human being. You could, there's certainly a distinction between, in the Hebrew text, we are living creatures, animals are living creatures. Animals also are chayim um, nefesh, which we would translate nefesh as soul. Um, so animals have souls to them. They have personality. They have all of these kinds of, you can communicate with animals. Animals can communicate back. I didn't know the Hebrews thought that. Mm -hmm. The only difference between us and humans or and animals uh, is not flesh, basar. They also have basar or sarks. Uh, the only really difference between is we're imago dei. Mm -hmm. We're, we're, uh, or imago dei. Um, we're image of God. Mm -hmm. That's the difference. Right. Everything else, we got claws. Yeah. We got hair, eyesight, smell. We, you know, we, we're Don't you think bipedal. it's fascinating that kangaroos are bipedal? Don't you think it's fascinating that most animals that are prey have their eyes, yeah, uh, um, focused sideways, like on the sides of their heads, but most animals who are Predators have peripheral vision, but their eyes are in front. Isn't that bizarre? Yeah. Well, it's the, not. It's not bizarre. It's practical. Yeah. Track. Yeah. But, but most animal so design is just very practical. You know. Yeah. I think a shark. You know, they got to see out of mm -hmm. both sides. That'd be odd, wouldn't it, to be able to see out of the side of your head? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it would be. That would be. And to be constantly moving. If they stop moving, they die. Yeah. Oh, the sharks! Yeah, yeah, that is. And then the hammerhead shark with his eyes—that's be really. I, have you odd. ever seen one in person? Yes, I went scuba diving and saw one. I was oh, terrified. I thought you were talking about like it was a little. No, when I was in eighth no, grade, I went. One. No, it was bizarre to see one. Like you're thinking, that is. We would snorkel a lot in Pensacola, and there was black tip and white tip shark. They're all around when you go in the oceans. People don't know their sharks are all around you. They don't bother you. Yeah, hammerhead's a big boy though. Mm -hmm. And they're they're pretty aggressive. Yeah, they are. Yeah, they're aggressive. There. Also, and saw a barracuda on that particular trip. I saw. <laughs> you saw. It was a hard album, and it had barracuda on it. I saw. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Somebody <laughs> dropped it in the ocean. <laughs> <laughs> I saw it on the bottom. It's right there. So, all of these things that you know that we're talking about, from the full predator's perspective, 
to you especially, and to all, probably I would say most of Christendom, the viewpoint of what the new heaven and new earth looks incredibly bleak, and, and in fact disgusts a lot of people because it doesn't look like the peace and harmony and utopia, like why would Christ die just for these things to continue going on as they go on, it's right? It's not a particularly attractive carrot on the end of that exact stick. Yeah. Right. And, and, that's then, and for that, I've been told that I'm fleshly minded and I'm like, that's not, fle- I'm, I mean, that's I'm, not what I'm saying. I'm, I'm create. So I've traveled to hundreds of churches and after I've left full preterism, hundreds and hundreds of churches, met, you know, thousands of churchgoers and stuff locally and throughout Indiana. And none of them have heard of this, Full predator, and so I bring it up to them, and they're just you can pick the jaw off of the floor because they it's it's yeah, so probably. Well, uh, why would God do just to go to heaven? You know that's that's great, but I'd like Him to heal this body that I'm currently racked with cancer with. I'm I'm willing you know, to bet that you're not. Can the he get best the victory over this? Preterism. <laughs> What? Yeah, no, right. yeah, I said, I'm willing right. to bet you're not the best salesman for preterism. No. <laughs> no. So it, it's things like that. So I pray, Jesus said, whatsoever you ask, I will give to you and my father. And whatsoever you ask. So I've prayed, you know, for cancer patients and they died of cancer a week later. So, but by his stripes, we shall be healed. These are, these are followers of the Lord. Resurrection, I'm going to, that prayer is going to be answered. By his stripes, we will be healed. All my prayers, those will be answered. Either in this life, they get healed. But one way or the other, by his stripes, we will be healed. He died for the world. He God so loved the world. Um, so it, it's geared towards that because we live in the world. So forgive my ignorance, and, and I say that kind of jokingly, but in the Bible, doesn't it— and, and you'll have to tell me, I don't always have the addresses of the verses That's I'm trying to, to come up with. That's all new recent invention anyway. <laughs> um, doesn't the Bible speak on the earth being healed? Sure, from its current restoration sense? of all restoration things. Restoration of this all things. This is Jewish, too, very firmly Jewish. Um, it's Old Testament? Yes. So I'm in the Old so Testament Jewish trying to find a, this verse. Jewish thinking had an idea that Yahweh would— Ring and uh, Mashiach would come and then make all things right. Justice would be established on earth, and the wicked would be done away with. This is apocalyptic. This is Enoch. Book. They all Dead Sea Scrolls. You read through, and the sons of light, or God's going to come with the sons of light and the sons of wickedness and dark will all be dispelled, and then it will be a glorious, shiny place where all the righteous shine as stars in, in heaven, and and injustice will be done away with once and for once and for all. Uh, thank God. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. And so that that provides hope in the midst of evil is triumphing. It seems like it. Yeah, it gives me, it's like this is temporary. Okay, so I can count it all joy, brothers. Rejoice, and again I say rejoice, even though my hands are locked up on a prison Roman wall. Momentary sufferings. Our momentary sufferings are nothing to be compared with that which is coming in glory. So that's what Paul's, that it gives him hope. Sure. I wanted to read something because I know you're going to, we'll get into this. And by the way, we won't touch this on this episode, but in the next episode, I want to talk about what you just said, which was the hope of Paul, which was, we'll get into at hand and the imminency. I want to definitely get into that because that's something that I know that you've wrestled with as well. Um, and came to the conclusion that you're at today. So 
In Revelation, uh, I want to talk about this subject here. If it's okay with you guys, I'm going to read out of the uh, NASB, uh, and I'm going to read Revelations 21, and I'm going to read prob- probably all of 21, if that's okay with you guys. And you guys tell me when you're ready. When Is this Revelation? Revelation 21. I'm in the NASB. Everybody tell me when you're ready. And you and I might split this up, Sarita, because I think I'm going to read all the way down to like verse 9, and I'll let you read. So you want me to be in the NASB? Yeah, can you? I can. Okay. Just tell me when you're ready. Is it the NASB 2020? Yeah, NASB 2020. Okay, go. Then I saw a new heaven and a new earth. For the first heaven and the first earth passed away, and there is no longer any sea. And I saw the holy city, New Jerusalem, coming down out of heaven from God, prepared as a bride, adorned for her husband. And I heard a loud voice from the throne saying, Behold, the tabernacle of God is among the people, and he will dwell among them, and they shall be his people, and God himself will be among them. And he will wipe away every tear from their eyes, and there will no longer be any death. There will no longer be any mourning or crying or pain. The first things have passed away. And he who sits on the throne said, Behold, I am making all things new. And he said, Write, for these words are faithful and true. Then he said to me, It is done. I am the Alpha and the Omega, the beginning and the end. I will give water to the one who thirsts from the spring of the water of life without cost. The one who overcomes will inherit these things, and I will be his God, and he will be my son. But for the cowardly and unbelieving and abominable and murderers and sexually immoral persons and sorcerers and idolaters and all liars, their part will be in the lake that burns with fire and brimstone which is the second death. Then one of the seven angels who had the seven bowls full of the seven last plagues came and spoke with me saying, come here, I will show you the bride, the wife of the lamb. And he carried me away in the spirit to a great and high mountain and showed me the holy city, Jerusalem, coming down out of heaven from God, having the glory of God. Her brilliance was like a very valuable stone, like a stone of crystal clear jasper. It had a great and high wall with twelve gates, and at the gates twelve angels. And names were written on the gates, which are the names of the twelve tribes of the sons of Israel. There were three gates on the east, three gates on the north, three gates on the south, and three gates on the west. And the wall of the city had 12 foundation stones, and on them were the 12 names of the 12 apostles of the Lamb. The one who spoke with me had a gold measuring rod to measure the city, its gates, and its wall. The city is laid out as a a square, and its length is as great as its width. And he measured the city with the rod, 12,000 stadia, its length, width, and height are equal. And he measured its wall, 144 cubits, by human measurements, which are also angelic measurements. The material of the wall was jasper, and the city was like pure gold, like clear glass. The foundation stones of the city wall were decorated with every kind of precious stone. 
The first foundation stone was jasper, the second sapphire, the third chalcedony, the fourth emerald, the fifth sardonyx, the sixth sardius, the seventh chrysolite, the eighth beryl, the ninth topaz, the tenth chrysoprase, the eleventh jacinth, the twelfth amethyst. And the twelve gates were twelve pearls. Each one of the gates was a single pearl. And the street of the city was like was pure gold, like transparent glass. I saw no temple in it, for the Lord God Almighty and the Lamb are its temple. And the city has no need of sun or moon to shine on it, for the glory of the Lord has illuminated it. And its lamp is the Lamb. The nations will walk by its light, and the kings of the earth will bring their glory into it. In the daytime, for there will be no night there, its gates will never be closed. And they will bring the glory and the honor of the nations into it, and nothing unclean and no one who practices abomination and lying shall ever come in, come into it, but only those whose names are written in the Lamb's book of life. Thank you. I see you gave me the hardest part. I did. Thanks. Yeah, because you're a great reader and you know how to say those words, yeah, like Chalcedony. Chalcedony and <laughs> Sardonyx. Is that even how you pronounce it? Is it Chalcedony? Is it? Or is it Chalcedony? I went with Chaucer. I don't know. I went with He's Chaucer. A, yeah. He doesn't. He, he and he doesn't want to give anything like that to me because he knows how much time I'll have to spend editing it so that other people can understand it. <laughs> and we'll let Rick read it, and he'll just son, he'll just truck through. He'll uh, say whatever blah, it is. Blah blah blah. blah. He'll be like Kahal Sadhonahai, <laughs> right? Speaking <Yeah>. in tongue. <laughs> <laughs> Reading in tongue. The reason the reason why I wanted to read it is because obviously we can't just read Revelation and take it at face value, we do understand that there these are symbols that come from the Tanakh that the, John is weaving together um, through this testimony of Jesus Christ uh, in regard to this thing that must shortly come to pass. And, and we're going to get into at hand in the next episode, not this one. But the reason that I bring it is because of what it says that's happening at the new heaven and new earth and what will not be allowed to enter in it. And that is a that to me is striking, and that's one of the the verses of scripture that have that has always given me pause. Right? Do you understand where I'm going with this? That for oh, me, yeah. me as a person, this isn't about full preterism. This is about me as a person who is looking to the future of what the new heaven and the new earth is going to be, or what it is. If it is in fact future to me versus that I'm living in it. Either right. way we look at it, whether it's future or it's present, it's still the same. Do you understand? Right. Okay, so my my thought process, kind of where it got stuck in my mind, was that there were things that were present that were not able to be in it. And so I started asking myself this question last night. I read, instead of reading your whole book, I read half of it, and then I started reading this. <laughs> I Something that I wanted to know that you might know from your Hebraic studies. Is this another one of those scenarios— have I got my have I got something mixed up here in this word? I know that this book was written in Greek. I understand that. High Greek, Koine Greek. But it's obvious that the writer of this letter is deeply Hebrew. Yeah. Or at least he knows the Tanakh tremendously well. I think it's the Apostle John, yeah. Okay, yeah. so he knows yeah. it from this from this perspective, and it's being written in Greek. But much like the pluperfect of Adam, when it states that there are things that will not be allowed to be inside it, does that mean because they're not there? 
or is, is he just saying all of these things won't be there? Or is he saying that those things are there and they won't, won't be, be allowed there. in? Yeah, it won't be there, not allowed in. But are so they that, there? They're not there. Yeah. See, I see it as that they are because it's the way that it's stating it. That's right. where my head is. And so when I read that, Dr. That, Frost. That water. Here, I'll read the, it again. That water's there. It's Chalcodos, right, because by the way. Chalcodos? Yeah. The Greek Chalcedony. We, we say, you know. So it should have been Chalcedony? Chalcedony. Well, it's like, that's oh. Greek. We say C. We put an, we'll put an S sounding on our C's. It's like we're going to be. It's like we're, what we're going to be and cha doing is eating CH. bologna and cheese for lunch. Right. It's, and you said it right. You <laughs> what said a bunch of bologna. Well, I went with Chaucer. <laughs> well, that's fine. That's, yeah. that's fine. So, all right. So listen here in verse 24. Well, let me say it again. Number 23, uh, verse 23. And the city has no need of the sun or of the moon to shine on it, for the glory of God has illuminated it. And its lamp is the lamb. It sounds amazingly like prior to day four in creation. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Right? Definitely. So the nations will walk by its light, and the kings of the earth will bring their glory into it. That's very critical, into it. Into it, right. In the daytime, for there will be no night there. Right. Its gates will never be closed. Right. It's not a closed society. Nope. It's open. Well, and they will bring the glory and the honor of the nations into it, and nothing unclean and no one who practices abomination and lying shall ever come into it, but only those whose names are written in the Lamb's Book of Life. In other words, there are people there whose names are not written in the Lamb's Book of Life who will never enter into it. And the gates are always remaining open because there are always something coming into it. At this stage in Revelation 21 is what I'm saying. Okay, right. so what I want to do now is I want to go on to Revelation twenty-two. I was hoping you would go there, right? Because it's gonna. This is what's going to solve the problem, possibly. But I think, and by say solving problems, I'm talking about whether it's future or present. It doesn't matter to me. What I, what I'm trying to get at is what this actually is. I'm going to read it, uh, verse starting with verse one. And he showed me a river of the water of life, clear as crystal, coming from the throne of God and from the Lamb in the middle of its street. On either side of the river was the tree of life, bearing twelve kinds of fruit, yielding its fruit every month, and the leaves of the tree were for the healing of the nations. There, And by the way, this is a very precious thing to me as well, Dr. Frost. This is precious to me as well. There will no longer be any curse. And the throne of God and of the Lamb will be in it, and his bond servants will serve him, and they will see his face, which I so long for. And his name will be on their foreheads, and there will no longer be any night, and they will not have need of the light or of a lamp, nor the light of the sun. This is repeating what we just saw in yep, 21. Yep. Because the Lord God will illuminate them, and they will reign forever and ever. And he said to me, these words are faithful and true. And the Lord, the God of the spirits of the prophets, sent his angel to show his bondservants the things which must soon take place. And behold, I am coming quickly. Blessed is the one who keeps the words of the prophecy of this book. I, John, am the one who heard and saw these things. And when I heard and saw them, I fell down to worship at the feet of the angel who showed me these things. And he said to me, do not do that. I am a fellow servant of yours and of your brothers, the prophets, and of those who keep the words of this book. Worship God. And he said to me, do not seal up the words of the prophecy of this book, for the time is near. Let the one who does wrong still do wrong, and the one who is filthy still be filthy. And let the one who is righteous still practice righteousness, 
and the one who is holy still keep himself holy. Behold, I am coming quickly and my reward is with me to reward each one as his work deserves. I am the Alpha and the Omega, the first and the last, the beginning and the end. Blessed are those who wash their robes so that they will have the right to the tree of life and may enter the city by the gates. Outside are the dogs, the sorcerers, the sexually immoral persons, the murderers, the idolaters, and everyone who loves and practices lying. I, Jesus, have sent my angel to testify to you of these things for the churches. I am the root and the descendant of David, the bright morning star. The spirit and the bride say, come, and let the one who hears say, come, and let the one who is thirsty come, let the one who desires take the water of life without cost. I testify to everyone who hears the words of the prophecy of this book. If anyone adds to them, God will add to him the plagues that are written in this book. And if anyone takes away from the words of the book of this prophecy, God will take away his part from the tree of life and from the holy city, which are written in, his, in this book. He who testifies to these things says, yes, I am coming quickly. Amen. Come, Lord Jesus. The grace of the Lord Jesus be with all. Amen. Can I say here real quick before you go? Yeah. When I was, when you were just reading that, and I've read this before, I've read both 21 and 22 before several times, but I've never read it after we read Genesis 1 and 2 with what we were talking about with Genesis 1 and 2 in a previous conversation. Does anybody find that it kind of mimics Genesis 1 and 2 and Revelation oh, 21 no, that's and 22? Staple scholarship. Oh, gosh. Well, I didn't know that. So yeah. look at me being look a at scholar. You being a scholar, sucker. That's. <laughs> It is. No, but like uh, the way— You can't it, fail to see the— The way the, the Genesis 1 was so particular about this happened on this day and this happened and it was good, which means in Hebrew it is finished. It is complete. It is good. We think of good as in like, oh, he's such a good boy. But in, I think, at least the Hebrew I've read, it's a, the same utterance that Jesus made on the cross. It is good. It is complete. It is finished. Right? Is that what he's saying here? It mimics Genesis 1 and 2. Is that accurate? Yeah, good. Guess the good, say, yeah, good is in completeness. Yes. As, a, as opposed to. Yes, I, I realized I wasn't, I was speaking to you off the microphone. My bad. Yeah, yeah, you're a little, that's fine. Sorry. You will be. All right, I'll stop now. You might I won't say anything. You don't want to say anything? Well, what? Am I that? wrong? I mean, if I'm wrong, I want to know I'm wrong. It's not the same. It's not the same idiom that's being oh, used. There are okay. di- there are three different idioms that are being used there. So oh, the three different. It, it, is good, it is good. It is finished. And it's finished back here. Are three different. Yeah. Okay. Um, okay. Hayatov would just be. It's good. You know what I've made here is good. So it's he's just pronouncing it good. There's words for best and better. It's not the best. It's good. It's not the best. Yeah. You mean in Genesis one? That's what he's saying. It's, it's good. And then when he says it's very good, it's. Better. Better, not the best. And then Jesus is the best. He's He is the best. Okay, I love that. Okay. I'm glad I'm wrong. I'm glad you said something. That's why we know in the beginning of Genesis. He, this and I is, was wrong, Rick, and I'll admit beginning. that to you as well. It's I a beginning, that. and so John wrong is now about seeing the wrong end. Wrong about what? We talked about this the, the good, the She's, definition. Good that, meaning oh, we completion, oh. in completion in that context. And right, I right, right. was wrong. So And I'm that wrong. idea is attached to that. Yeah, it's good. Uh, good, Sam, good enough, Doctor Frost. Yeah. I appreciate you making me look good. <laughs> <laughs> no. 
Now, if you guys would, I, I want to ask you one for one last thing. I want to read and in, it's in John chapter eleven. If you don't mind, everybody knows John chapter eleven. It is my favorite chapter of the entire Bible, and because of that, and because of my desire for the resurrection that we that we are describing, and what we see as past versus what is present or what is future. This is where it is for me as a human being right now in my brain, on my path. I do not claim the path of every other man, woman, or child on this planet. I can only claim mine. I believe that Jesus Christ was a real human being. I believe he walked on this earth. I believe he was, in fact, the Son of God. I believe that he went to the cross and that he was crucified, that he was buried, and that he was resurrected and by do, by saying so, I acknowledge that he also spent 40 days on this earth, and from that point, he ascended to the right hand of the Father. I believe that is where he is now. And so, in chapter 11, we know the story. We know that Jesus on purpose waits. Lazarus is sick, and he waits. Martha and Mary call on him, please come. He waits. We know the song, Four Days Late. Have you ever heard the song, Dr. Frost? When he's four days days late, late, he's still on time. No. Because when he's four days late, he's still on time. It's a good song. Look it up. So then. (laughs) (laughs) I will. Yes, sir. (laughs) How about I? Is that an order? It is. It's (laughs) a command. It should be from your charismatic days. (laughs) (laughs) So, all right. Whenever Martha first sees Jesus— So then, verse 20, so then Martha, when she heard that Jesus was coming, went to meet him. But Mary stayed in the house. Martha then said to Jesus, Lord, if you had been here, my brother would not have died. Even now I know that whatever you ask of God, God will give you. Jesus said to her, your brother will rise from the dead. Martha said to him, I know that he will rise in the resurrection on the last day. Jesus said to her, I am the resurrection and the life. I want to repeat that. I am the resurrection and the life. The one who believes in me will live even if he dies. And everyone who lives and believes in me will never die. Do you believe this? She said to him, Yes, Lord, I have come to believe that you are the Christ, the Son of God, and he who comes into the world. And I want to stop there, and I wanted to pick your brain on this, Dr. Frost. I am the resurrection and the life. This is a this is the noun. Am I right? The resurrection is yeah. a noun here. Ego Amy Anastasis. So yes. He's, he's there, he's um um it's very emphatic. So but it is the noun. It is the noun version of resurrection. Yeah, is that, so I am the resurrection. Yeah, so he is the, the he is the acting one, but this is the descriptor of what this is. He is the actual resurrection, is what he's saying, and he is also the life. Yeah, right. It's also the noun. He's the definer of it and the giver of it. That's exactly right. Okay, so when he goes on to say this, and I'm asking you for help on this, okay? Because you have a differing view, and I know you do, and so I'm asking for help. The one who believes in me will live, even if he dies. Yeah, he has the qualifier, uh, apothenes, so that's Aristotle. So he's there saying, uh, 
the 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 inevitability of death. He who believes in me, even though he dies, yes, which you're going to, by the way, is um, yes, he will live. That's a future tense. Uh huh. He will live. But then in 26, he says, and everyone who lives and believes in me will never die. Now, notice there he's doing, um, so the first thing he says in 25, so there he's using a typical participle. Are you reading this in the Greek? Yeah. Oh, so I there wish I could do that so bad. <laughs> there he's, the, the one who believes in me, whosoever believes, the one believing in me, even though he dies, he will live. So you have believe and live. Yes. And then you have in 26, live, believe. So you see what he's, yeah. he's switching. Uh-huh. And is that's, this, that's is a this common the, way of doing it. That means pay attention. So when is the living? Well, after you die, uh-huh. you will, you future tense, you will live. That's resurrection. Mm-hmm. And the one who will live, the living one, the participle, that's describing the one who will live. And, or who is the one believing, which is prior to the living. You got to believe before you live. Yes. It's the believing that brings the living. Even though you die, which which you will. Yes. You will live and you will not ever die. Mm-hmm. You're incapable of dying. Yes. It, you'll never die again. Why? Because you have been raised after you have died. That's uh-huh. what he's saying there. Mm-hmm. And she affirms. she affirms this. I know my brother will live again in the resurrection in the last day. So that's John 6. That's going back to John 6. Because John's the only one that uses that phrase in the last day. Right. So she's affirming the doctrine of resurrection of the dead. I know that Lazarus will live in the resurrection of the dead in the last day. I just want you to raise him back right now, temporarily back to me because I miss him. Mm -hmm. That's what what she's asking. Jesus, and I know... You're the coming when you can do all things. You can give me this moment. Right. I'd like to see my brother again. Yeah. Can you do she that just for didn't me? Be- she just didn't believe that he could raise him from the dead at that moment. She knew he could. Well, she and knew, she knew the that last he day, could, but he not could right prevent then. even he could even prevent him from dying. Well, that's why she wanted him there before yeah. he died. That's what she but was. But now upset that about. he's dead, can you bring him back? I don't think she meant right then. Well, she didn't believe that. Remember, she comes, she, he is convincing her of this. She did she not believe that. She comes to him and says, uh, you know, if my brother had, uh, if you had been here, my brother would not have died. That's what she did know. Because she knew. He, but even but, then, I know that you will resurrect him at the last day. That's what she believed. That's she didn't doctrine. believe that he could resurrect him then. Well, it, 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 would, it wouldn't matter one way or the other, whether she did or she didn't, she's affirming doctrine of resurrection of the dead. No, I'm fine with that. Of course she is. That's, that's not part, my point. That's apart from any miracle Jesus is going to perform right now. In other words, if he raised Lazarus from the dead, which he did, that's not the resurrection of the dead in the last day. No, no, no. So hundred percent. So they're separate. No, I'm agree, I agree with you separate, on that one. Right. So the distinction of when is not uh, is not important to me at this at this juncture. The only reason I bring that up is because future, uh, full predators say, well, in the last day is the last day of your life, and then you get your new body when you die. And I'm like, that's impossible here. Right. There's no way Martha was thinking that complicated. There's it, it, Again, it's, it's not look Second at Temple Judaism. Jesus' response to her is where I think this is coming from. Whether I agree with it or I don't, the, I think 
what that's why I was asking you about when he said about the living. It's yeah. almost like there's a switch that happens here. There's a place, whether it's the age and the age to come switch, like this moment within this within these words, it's like Jesus is speaking, like you just said. Um, Though he die, he will live, and when he is living, he will never die. You're saying that yep. there is the place that he's going to go, right? He's going to once well, he is in the resurrection, he'll never die. It's from that interesting point. because the Anastasis—that's that Greek word—is standing again. So, Anastasis, and it's with the article. So, the resurrection—that's Anastasis or stand the standing again. Yes, you will stand again, and the living here that is being referred to is connected to that. So you're going to die and you're going to live again. You're going to stand again. Mm -hmm. You're going to live again. And those that stand again and live again in the resurrection in the last day, they will not ever succumb to death ever again, or there shall be no more death. Mm -hmm. and John Revelation 21, Right. he's saying the same thing here. There's no more death. So yes. So Jesus dies, Romans 6, Jesus dies, he's been raised from the dead, and Paul says, and he cannot ever die ever again, for death no longer has mastery over him. Mm -hmm. That's how I'm going to be. Right. I'm not there yet because I'm going to die. Mm -hmm. But when I'm raised again from the dead in immortality, I will never die ever again. Mm -hmm. Well, yeah, and so like in him. the gospel, right, like in the gospel of John, I think this is where the distinctions are. I think this is where my brain starts to get scattered, okay? My brain starts to scatter whenever we start talking about the physical versus the spiritual. And I, I'm beginning to see now that the major differences that we have are the spiritual and the physical. Oh, yeah, definitely. And that's really yeah. where it's at. And I think if if, if you take a spiritual angle at this, if it becomes like at the death in the, the death in the garden was a spiritual death, not a physical death— then you start splitting hairs now, and then we start going down through the annals of history, annals of history, and we get to, you know, this place now where suddenly Jesus is saying, you must be born again. This is not a physical thing that he's asking. This is a spiritual thing. And so there is, this is not Gnosticism to talk about the spirit born, the spirit birth of things, Oh, no, right? it's only Gnosticism when you radically dualize and separate the two so that the twain shall never meet. That's Gnosticism. And I Gnosticism. believe this is, and with Gnosticism, is that also a Greek thing versus a yeah, Hebrew they were, thing? they were strict dualists. So Plato believed that the body was basically a meat sack until you die and then you get rid of this god-awful right. meat so sack. So God, who had the Hebrews, decided to use the meat sack people to write this stuff down. And I love the language that he used. Well, that's but, just the language. Of no, the, I understand yeah, that. Yeah. No, I understand. But the philosophy that was within these people, they're living in a world where this philosophy is reality. The this, Greeks were. John wasn't. The guy who wrote this gospel here wasn't. He's right. Hebrew. I understand that. Yeah. But it wasn't written in Hebrew. It was written in Greek. Yeah. He's a, what one professor, he's a Hebrew writing in Greek. Yes. That's why his... Uh, New Testament vocabulary is so closely related to the Septuagint, the Greek translation of the Hebrew scriptures, third century to first century BCE. So, because these are Paul's Aramaic Hebrew, he's think so his Greek is tortured in some places, and we call these Hebraisms. We, yeah. we explain them away as linguists as Hebraisms because this is just not good Greek. But he's, uh, may I? Uh, Take your everything. I get your order. Did I? 
gets her order okay. Yeah. You're in, I can understand your English is very broken. You're from uh, what, Mexico? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. It's that's going on a lot with Paul's Greek. It's broken. Paul, Paul versus John. But he's Hebrew. Mm-hmm. Well, John's the same way. Right. So it's the, you know the a Hebrew mind using the Greek language. Yeah. It's yeah, they're they're Aramaic Hebrew. That's their native tongue. So whenever if I started speaking my Spanish, it would a Spanish person would Spotted in a million years, thinking you're not from here, are you? Yeah, <laughs> Spanish is pretty, eh, a little rusty. It's pretty good. Yeah, is that a southern dialect or a northern dialect? <laughs> right, so they would spot all that kind of stuff, absolutely. And these aren't native Greeks, John's not native Greek. Mm-hmm. So, if we take by that, and I want to finish this episode right here, but it doesn't matter. That's just linguistic. Uh, no, no, of course, no, yeah, it, it really doesn't on the philosophy of it. But what I meant is that it's interesting that God used that language with the group that split, the unlike Franca. the Hebrews. It was like English is today. You can go to China and there's yeah English McDonald's and English. Yeah, you know there are why English. I've been there. Yeah, yeah. Why do they have English? Well, it's the international. It's the lingu- It's the so everyone. The Latins, the the, they loved money. they loved Greek yeah. because you could do so much with it. There's just so many expressive ways. That you could and they do conquered with it. the world and became the language and of the world. They happened to, <laughs> <laughs> they had you a know, guy named Alexander. Yeah. That, they yeah. taught English at the end of a sword. Aristotle, Plato, <laughs> yeah. all of exactly the philosophers, right. well, all of the greats were Greek. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Not English. I'm sorry, wrong language. But. Yeah. Whenever so. I guess we'll finish this episode here, and I, I want to get into the next one where it that kind of leads into the at hand and the and the time statements that that I know that you um don't you don't put a lot of stake into them necessarily, but and we'll get to that. But I wanted to, and I definitely want to broach the topic of what we just we just entered into a little bit about the spirit versus the the physical, and the understanding that a Hebrew would have. Yep. When they read this versus the understanding that our modern English minds think in America. Okay. I want to touch on that. Would that be okay? Yeah. Thank you for being here today. Oh, thank you for having me. I can't believe Wasting you came all the way time. down from Indiana, man. That's so nice. Yeah. I like Indiana. Rick Carter, thanks for being here. Yeah. Annie. I'm doing some learning. Yeah, doing some learning. Sarita, learning. thanks for bringing me the water. Yeah, you betcha. Yeah. Thank you for being here. All that city learning. Yeah, man. Anybody yeah, yeah. else? <laughs> Can't have that. <laughs> Get that learning away. <laughs> it's like, do you guys remember that old picante sauce? Oh, Pace yeah. picante? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Do you remember those? New remember? York City. <laughs> Get a rope. Oh, Pace picante. <laughs> Pace picante. Yeah, I don't know if they do that anymore. Yeah, yeah their Get commercial was like, yeah, their commercial was like, our, our salsa is made in a factory that's not in New York City. Yeah. Oh, my God. So good. <laughs> what a good commercial. Uh, are you familiar with the comedian John Mulaney? Oh, God, he's so funny. Oh, this Man, guy is one of the funniest funny. people yeah. in, in the world. And he said, he goes, once I called on my landline to the Blockbuster video, that was a very old-fashioned sentence. <laughs> but it was very reality for me. Anyway. Well, thanks, everybody, for being here, Yay. and uh, we're going to continue these uh, Dr. Sam Frost Fridays until we get through it, so I hope that you stick in. Be sure to send all the comments. Uh, mail it to Giraffe Studio. <laughs> Any complaints that you have? <laughs> oh, Lord, no. Animal hey, farm. I guarantee I won't read them. Right, yeah. <laughs> I promise. If you're interested in the works of Dr. Frost, um, we will have the links uh, in each paragraph on this podcast that you can go where you can find his books, you can find his blog. Uh, and any information that you want in order to uh, read some of his work. All right. We will talk to you guys again next time on the Burroughs of Berea. Peace out. Bye, y'all. Hey, guys. This is Rick from the Burroughs of Berea. 
Do you know how much blood, sweat, and tears it takes to make a podcast? None. But that doesn't mean that it doesn't cost a lot. And so if you guys don't mind, if anybody would like to give to help us with these episodes, it would be great. We'll put out even more content. And if you go to our Patreon page, just search for the Burrows of Berea, you'll get extra notes, extra episodes, and it's pretty much free. A dollar gets you a lot. Thanks, guys. Part-time at a hardware store, a local hardware store. But most of my time is focused on our 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 congregation people in the community around local. And are you, I wish more are you a head stayed pastor? Fo- stayed local. Are you a head pastor? There? No, no, <laughs> Alan McCrane is. And so I'm going in through their denomination. But I've been ordained through another, so I can do the sacraments and all that kind of stuff. And as a chaplain, too, I can do all of that. So I'm a chaplain with the Henry County Sheriff's Department. Oh, okay. Certified and all that kind of good stuff. You certifiable? Certifiable. Certified and certifiable. <laughs> yeah, we're going to fire off in two minutes, so you can go ahead whenever you want to get us rolling. But my uh, doctorate's work and then writing, researching and all we that stuff. We are rolling. So. Okay. So, but mainly focused on the local community, those locally that need yeah. service help. So do you know any jo- Do you know any jokes? Me? Um. Oh, how many full predators does it take to screw in a light bulb? <laughs> Ooh, I love it. <laughs> I can't wait. How many? None, because it's already screwed in. <laughs> nice. That's a good one. That was lame. That, that is good. You got any better ones? No. <laughs> oh, come on. You got any more jokes? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's all you got? Catholic, a Baptist, and a prostitute walk into the bar. No, I don't <laughs> <laughs> that sounds like a sort of an interesting joke. Yeah, it did. It did. Yeah, I, like, was, I was looking forward I'm to that. Those to aren't find, buoys. I've, those aren't what? <laughs> those aren't buoys. <laughs> That's the punchline. <laughs> a friend and I was he's a comedian. We we just started coming up with punchlines. We don't know the joke. We thought, what's well, the well let's come up with punchlines. We'll just have punchlines. Those aren't buoys. <laughs> you could figure out the joke. <laughs> Some of those are the best. Uh, I love those. Man.